Pastor Barnett, the uh, Los Angeles Dream Center has been really active in helping people all during the pandemic. And an incredible milestone got hit. Five million meals so far have been provided. Tell us about that. Well, you know, it's been incredible. Uh, March 16th, right when the pandemic hit over a year ago, we just decided that we were going to use whatever we had. And what we had was one day of storage in our food. And we just set up shop right on the parking lot in the middle of where nobody was even about or doing anything. And we said, we're just going to be here for people. We're going to serve people. And they started bringing food by and they started dropping off things. And before long, you know, we kept the food line going for over 350 straight days in a row of people coming by to get meals, food, diapers, everything. And what we thought would last one week has turned into over a year. And, and uh, even today, cars are lined up everywhere coming through. And it's been a great testimony to the community of a church and the longevity and the commitment to really rebuilding the neighborhood. When, when you look at the number 5 million, where does all that food come from? You know what? It came from a lot of people in the community that started to see restaurants, different people, who started to see um, us giving away what we had. So it was one of those things where the moment we'd get something, it would get right to the people. I think there was a lot of trust that was built with restaurants. Um, Justin Turner, the L.A. Dodgers, uh, and Clayton Kershaw, they all joined together, and they started buying food of restaurants that were closing down because of the pandemic, and they were buying that food so that those businesses can stay in, in uh, motion, and yet we would get the food free. So just so many good things begin to happen. I think there's, that, again, that, that sense of trust and dependability that the blessings of God were like a hot potato. You know, we would get it, and we would get it to the people as soon as possible. That's what made it really remarkable. And you've also been helping students with remote learning. How does that work? Well, California has not been back to school since March of 2019. Uh, kids have been online, and we, we begin to see a lot of children in our neighborhood who didn't have learning tablets. They just weren't going to school because, you know, we've been in these neighborhoods for 20 years, and we'd ask the kids, are you going to school? And they said, uh, no, we, we don't know how to do it. Our parents, maybe with the language barriers, weren't able to navigate the, the curriculum. And so we just we, we said, you know what, we're going to set up one computer and see who shows up, like everything we've ever done before at the Dream Center. And so families started showing up. We took an old uh, solar panel overhead, turned it into an outdoor school, and our guys in rehab made a little bit of offices for all the little kids to have their own offices. And, and uh, from 9 to 2, we just started educating children and allowing parents to go and find work with some of the time that they had available. And, and sure enough, we had close to 90 kids that were meeting all from the neighborhood who were walking into school while it was shut down and built really good relationships and got them a chance to really get out of those many times really tiny, small apartment units and start engaging in life again. And you have a new program, I understand, uh, called Restore LA, which has to do with uh, transitional housing and so forth. What's going on with that? Yeah, you know, um, in the midst of the food line, all the feeding that was going on, we found out there were a lot of families that were homeless. They were living in their cars. They, they were, at, they were uh, a lot of mothers that were, um, that were actually laid off first in their job because maybe they were minimum wage workers. And, and so the homeless in our city became all single moms. And so we just opened up a hospital floor for families. And so it's been kind of a mixture where we've really been trying to meet the need and throw the water off the boat. So as far as the emergency that's been going on. And um, now we're kind of in the year two of the pandemic where it's about providing a housing for people who have lost so much and really starting to restore that aspect of their life. And so it's putting down deep 
not just continuing to do what we're doing in the area of uh, food and relief and schooling, but uh, really build some long-term places for people to live and to grow. So now we have 42 units for homeless families whose lives are being put back together again. How are you able to keep outreaches like this up and running? I mean, you're talking pretty, pretty big scale here. You know, it is. And it's a miracle, too, because when we started doing this in the pandemic, the first thing that came to my mind after 27 years of being here is it's over. I didn't have enough money in the bank for two weeks to be able to make it. And and I thought to myself, well, if, if we're in a situation this difficult where everything's shut down in our city and the battle is 40 percent unemployment in our neighborhood, if we're going to go out, this is what I said, we're going to go out serving. That's what I told God. We're going to go out throwing every last rock at the giant that we possibly can and, and helping. And uh, sure enough, I mean, here we are over a year later, and we're able to do everything that, you know, God's called us able to grow and able to expand. And, and um, but we've always, we've always believed that whenever God gives us anything, we just use it to help people. And so it's very unusual that we're actually adding floors and growing during this time, but it's just like our God, you know, to do something so impossible in the middle, middle of its time where we thought it would be the hardest to be able to succeed to flourish. So we just believe that God loves the city more than we do. And he's, uh, he's honoring the, the dreams in our heart that have to do with helping and serving other people. As a pastor, as an administrator, you're, you're involved in a lot of things. What is in your heart when, when you pray to God? You know, why are you so involved with this? You know, I feel like um, putting deep roots in the community is very, very important. And, and uh, and really being dependable and being God's people. And when they look at us, they see people who are, you know, not leaving the community. They're staying. They're building something over decades. And I think what keeps me going here in prayer is the fact that Los Angeles needs something positive that's that's active, that's helping people on a daily basis. And I think what keeps me going is that many times people in our community say the church is the only de- dependable thing that we have seen stay within the neighborhood all these years. So I think it's uh, that vision of longevity, the vision of fighting the good fight and leaving a legacy that, you know, there's, there was a group of people that were God's people who never stopped giving, never stopped serving, never stopped loving. And so while many people are leaving California right now, they're going to other states. And, you know, I understand why. I mean, different, you know, opportunities that are there for them and, and everyone's leaving, but we just kind of put down longer ropes and deeper stakes into the ground and felt like this is, this is kind of the day that we were born to stay. You know, we have a hospital that's 400,000 square feet, and, you know, and we bought it for $3.9 million in 1996. We could sell it for $100 million today. It's so valuable on the Hollywood freeway. Um, but, you know, the call of God's not for sale. Serving others is not for sale. Housing people that are in need are not for sale. And we just feel like that's one of the greatest testimonies is to, to stay in the fight in the middle of a, of a tough situation. And, of course, you know, no one can specifically predict the future. I mean, God certainly knows. But, you know, looking down the road six months, a year from now, what would you like to see happening in Los Angeles? Well, I would like to see another hospital. I would like to have one more shot at something big like this, maybe in a different part of town, maybe over in the South Central area, um, to be able to knock off that big waiting list that we have of so many people who look, you need housing and rehabilitation and all things that we provide. Um, it would be a major thing because it took us 27 years to get to this point. But if there's one final push left, I would love to be able to do this again. And also to empower, you know, the 100 Dream Centers all over America, just keep in, empowering them to be everything that they can be and uh, helping them to be equipped to to uh, rise up in their own city, the 100 Dream Centers, and, 
and even have a stronger link between all of them. We will have in our story online uh, hyperlinks to the Dream Center, but if someone is just listening to the podcast only, how can they get involved? Where should they go for more information? Yeah, if they go to dreamcenter.org, they can support to be a part of uh, Restore LA. There's a whole campaign to be able to do that. would love to see people do that. If they have a son or daughter that needs our drug and alcohol rehab program for a year free of charge, we'll be happy to take them into our program. So we're willing to, to serve everyone who's in need that's listening. And at the same time, if you just want to serve and be a blessing to us, you can do that as well. So dreamcenter.org, and uh, you can make a, a contribution to help us go forward. It would really go into see that's been 27 years in the community and, and, and sowing a lot of faithfulness in the community. Pastor Barnett, we sure appreciate your sharing your heart with us. It's a joy to be with you. You guys have always been such great friends. We love you.